Sony and Honda want to gamify your commute. Um, gamifying driving is probably an impossible task because any address this crisis or need scenario introduces an unsafe thought into people. Because even commuting itself introduces unsafe thoughts into people. The best game in a two-ton death machine is the one they're playing IRL and safety isn't able to be gamed. This is the New Year Layoff Deja Vu Avoiding Intro. Now it's time for your hosts, Rob Roberts, Jamie Summers, and Loki to tell you more about these and the rest of the week's gaming news. Starting right now on the show, where every gamer has a voice. Hello, my friends out there on the internet, and welcome back to another week of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio, and we are live once again with episode number 989 of our show for tonight, January the 14th of 2024. My name is Rob Roberts, and I'm joined here in the studio each and every week with my co-hosts. Say hello first off to the one and only Dark Sakura or Jamie Summers. Oh, hi. Hello, hello. How are you? Um, my eyes are having a very bad allergy attack. Oh, no. That's so fun. I might have to go take some more Sudafed, even though the rest of me feels fine. I even got my steroid cream out. I'd say fun, but that doesn't sound like any fun at all, actually. Um, I know the weather's been but wild across the country. Um, yeah, it's it's mm. California cold here this week, which is, you know, that's that's very cold for us, but... For the rest of the nation, for the most part, it's, it's oh my God, fucking freezing. No, thank you. That's why I don't live there type weather. We were, we were certainly a lot colder earlier this week, though, than we are now. That's true. Um, and to, to answer Podculture's question about, that's what, 60? Um, it's 52 here, but sometimes when yeah. I would go into work, it would still be in the low 30s. So that's really cold for Northern California. In, in and not in the like mountainous area. We're in a valley, so this place actually traps heat like a pocket. That's why I call this the convection oven of California. Mm-hmm. But um apart from, you know, Satan's parched asshole. Um <laughs> That's the summer. <laughs> yeah, that's the summer. Um, and also that's Fresno. Let's be let's be clear. <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought Fresno would be something a little bit more desolate. <laughs> All but right. um, but yeah, for for those who are in colder climes, please be careful. Take care of yourself and check in with us every so often so that we know you're not dead. That's right. A good place to check in with us would be our Discord. Uh, you can uh, join our Discord server over at vognetwork.com. That's vognetwork.com slash Discord, uh, where we do chat throughout the week. We share some stories about what's going on in gaming and uh, sometimes convention updates, too. I'll talk about kind of one of those going on right now in just a moment. But first, I want to also say hello to Techmaster Loki. Hey, Loki. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Okay, so when we do tape live, because of course we do tape live every Sunday night at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific at the Voice Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash network, right after the Bobby Blackwolf show. He wasn't on tonight though, and I'll come back to that in a minute, but um, when we are live, you you have little videos playing in the background so that we don't see your kitchen. Uh, we see, we see mm-hmm. whatever uh, game of the week you have picked instead. I don't know if I recognize this one. Is this like the Toy Story video game adaptation? Can't be. That's not the character from Toy Story. No, what no. It's clock. Um, it's Clockwork Knight from the Saturn. Oh, see, everything. Everything I know about the Saturn, I pretty much learned from Jamie or somebody else because I kind of missed that era. There was actually a, a, a brief period. Did Alan educate you? 
Um, I mean, keep in mind, we didn't get together until much later. And, you know, I, I learned, but I was, I was not really gaming when the Saturn first came out. I took a little break from gaming during college. Um, maybe a, like I had a PlayStation and I went pretty hard on like Saw other Fighter. entertainment. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't kind of, you, you saw other entertainments. Yeah, That's all. yeah, exactly. So, but I appreciate it now, but I don't have the deep knowledge or fondness of the games that many other people do, but I appreciate it now. Um, a lot of Sega stuff was just really ahead of its time. It really was, uh, especially Dreamcast, right? I think everybody agrees on that. That Dreamcast was just mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, was just a little ahead of its time. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did some really stupid stuff too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I did mention that uh, we tape every week after the Bobby Blackwell show, but he's not here tonight. That is because uh, if you've been uh, paying attention over the last few weeks, he's at Awesome Games Done Quick. He flew out yesterday. And so the Games Done Quick Marathon for the Prevent Cancer Foundation started today. I think he flew out there yesterday, so it started today. Um, and, uh, he will be hosting some various games on, I think Thursday night and the last day, but we actually have a little bit of late breaking news because I mean, and it's unfortunate because of the travel issues going on around the country. Uh, it sounds like another, I think that's the reason that's why I'm going to blame anyway, whether it's the reason or not, that's what I'm going to blame. Um, uh, the other host that was supposed to be there tonight, uh, isn't going to be able to make it. So Bobby is actually going to be doing some stuff tonight at 2 a.m. Eastern, which would be 11 o'clock Pacific. So that's 11 o'clock our time, which isn't as bad, but um, especially because many people have a holiday. I have a holiday tomorrow. I know many people do, but I know a lot of people don't as well. Um, But I hope he's taking a nap. Oh, that's why he's not here right now. He said he's taking a nap before his shift. (laughs) But uh, Great minds think like us. That's why he didn't send us a video either because he kind of found all that out last minute, which is totally understandable. And I want to make sure when I say he's doing it, he is not the speedrunner. He's a host. He reads the donations, the speedrunners. The focus is really on them. Bobby's not there to promote VOG or anything. He's just there to help. But it's really fun sometimes to get the behind the scenes perspective from, you know, people that, you know, are, are, are involved with it. And I know when they did TwitchCon, it was really cool to see the, the mini uh, festival mm-hmm. they did at TwitchCon because it was almost, almost like being at the, the, the real event from what I understand. But anyway, what I really wanted to say is one of the games that he's ending up hosting tonight is one that I think I would have watched anyway. And it's the typing of the dead. Speaking of wonderful Sega games ahead of their time. <laughs> the typing oh, yeah. of the dead is one of the speed runs that he will be reading donations during tonight. And that was a surprise addition, which is unfortunate for somebody else. And I hope everybody that is trying to get to games done quick is, is being safe and traveling a okay. But uh, I know Bobby will step in at the last minute and do a fantastic job. So check that out. And he'll be back live next week. If you do want to see video uh, behind the scenes and get stories of whatever happens this week, whatever meme shows up this week, Bobby will be there to talk about uh, next Sunday. All right. Um, let's get into our show tonight. So usually we start off the show with like a kickoff topic, a headline here to start things off. Tonight we're going to do it just a little bit different because at the end of last week's show, we took a look back at our 2023 predictions and it turns out we were wrong on most of them, but we did. There was, I think we had one and a half points from things that we did call uh, that would happen this next year. And predictions are fun. 
They're a little silly. They're lighthearted. It's not meant to be taken super seriously, but I'm going to try to make some serious predictions tonight. And I think my co-host will too. So we're going to lock in our 2024 predictions and put them in the vault for next year. So uh, if you have anything you want to add in chat, by all means over at twitch.tv slash VOG network, as we are broadcasting live. If you have anything you want to add, please go ahead and put it in the chat because if we decide one of yours is better than one of ours, we've been known to steal from chat and give you uh, credit for that. And uh, also, I will just say I'll open this up to emails and people that listen on the podcast feed throughout the week. If you want to email us, I'd love to read some good predictions next week uh, on the show. But for now, let's go around the room and check out. We're going to put on our put on our uh, thinking caps and our, our get our tarot decks and our uh, future predicting Ouija boards. We're going to contact the dead. We're going to light some candles and we are going to figure out what is going to happen this year in gaming with our 2024 have, gaming predictions. What's that, Jamie? I have the lady from Mallrats with her fake third nipple. <laughs> I have the alien from Total Recall with her real third nipple. <laughs> Okay. Now, don't you remember the the psychic? I know, I, oh, yeah, I do. A hundred percent, I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Shannon Doherty blames that movie for ruining her career. By the way, but that's a whole other. It's like you should be anyway. Given right. that movie, sorry, way she too was much in credit. a Kevin Smith movie, so that should have boosted her. If she failed, it's her own damn. It's ball. weird that all the other careers of those people were just fine, but hers in particular. I'm hoping that's I mean, look just at a Matt Damon clip clickbait headline i fell for yeah right. i mean what has he done like that guy just like ben affleck faded who? into, faded into a s- obscurity like i don't know all right hello hello we're not talking about 1998 anymore let's look at 2024 here we go uh our 2024 predictions who's feeling brave and wants to go first loki is loki sure. I, i'll oh. go first <laughs> literally dark start- volunteered <laughs> That's a, all right dark soccer uh, go ahead go first <laughs> Well, it's stupid, but Paprium will get a release date for Steam. What? I'm sorry, what game? Paprium. Paprium. I don't... Uh... There's a lot of drama about this. It was this massive brawler that had this huge-ass Kickstarter uh, for um, for the Mega Driver Genesis, and the game was fraught with issues. And they made... Like, there's another Kickstarter out there to get it on Steam, um, but... I, I am predicting a uh, a playable version to be released this year. That that I'm going to throw it out there. I hope so because I really I really want to play Paprium. Okay. I don't want to pay you know 120 dollars to buy the cartridge, but I want to play Paprium. Okay. Okay. I get it now. I do. I now that you said it was like the Genesis Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure I did hear about this. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. Um. So Loki, that brings us to you. Then now you can go. What is your number three prediction? Oh, we're going to start it off on a high note here. Oh um, <laughs> Bobby Kotick becomes the CEO of another game industry slash game industry adjacent company. I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong, too. But I'm going to look sometimes with these predictions. It's not that we want them to come true. <laughs> we just um, the, it. the cynics cynics in us say it will. So, oh. Uh, so I'm trying to think how to write this here. Gaming adjacent company. And what what are your reasons for that? Are you saying that because this is one of those things was like assholes it, it, are never uh, held accountable? That kind of it's thing? It's because people like him just don't fade away into obscurity. They always come back mm-hmm. into like other roles. Like 
I could see like Unity going, "Hey, we need another CEO. Let's bring him on in." You know, oh, like because uh, Loki brave enough to even say what company he thinks it'll be. All right. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's hopefully he just goes away. But all right, I yeah. have other things I wish he would do, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. All right, uh, Dark Tetsuya says, "Insert Darth Vader." No, here, yeah, that isn't appropriate. Uh, that uh, Tiger Claw thinks Di- Tiger Claw is literally going to double down and says John Riccatello will also probably be the CEO of some other company. He's going to run into the ground. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. actually, Loki. That may be. You know the what safer I say bet. about that? You know what I say about that? Hmm. Die, monster! You don't belong in this world. Oh That's no! Not you getting fucking soundboard access. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I right. made it myself. Moving on. Uh, let's get to my number three. Okay. Um, this one is also a little bit of a safe bet for me. I'm admittedly, this is a safe bet for me because we're going to have a story later where some of this is already happening, but I'm going to take it a little bit of a step further. And I'm going to say that two launch titles for the switch successor, I, for me to predict the switch successor is happening this year. That is way too safe of a prediction. Of course it's happening this year, but I'm going to predict that two launch widow titles for the switch successor are Microsoft games. And I'm because that may be a little too safe. I'm actually going to say one of them is Sea of Thieves. And I think the other one will be the Diablo 4 plus its expansion uh, that will come out later this year. I think that will come out around the same time as the Switch successor. And I think that will also be because technically now Microsoft owns all those titles. Um, I think Overwatch 2 would be an extremely safe pick as well. Um, so really, I, I could see this being three launch window titles for Switch successor, but I really do think one of them will be outside the Activision Blizzard bubble, and that's why I'm saying Sea of Thieves in particular. I think in particular, the co-opness of Sea of Thieves that Microsoft really wants to push, I think that might... <laughs> I don't know how to say this tactfully. I think that plays better in Nintendo's ecosystem versus what has historically been Microsoft's ecosystem. And I'll just let y'all chew on what I mean by that. And that's not to say there aren't people enjoying and thriving in Sea of Thieves in the Microsoft ecosystem now, but I think Microsoft is going to see that if they really want to grow that, the Nintendo audience is who they want to tap into. And yes, Chad is naming a game that we're going to get to later that technically is potentially already releasing for this generation of Switch. I'm going to talk about Microsoft's continued support for the Switch successor. All right, so let's get into the number two pick. I mean, I don't know why we order these. They're all really the same. Oops, sorry. That's that's me playing yeah. in WordPad, if you heard that little ding. Um, so uh, let's get into the number two predictions, or the poopy predictions. <laughs> Dark Sakura, uh, what's your uh, number two prediction? E3 announces yet another metamorphosis just when we thought they were done. Ooh. Dark, uh, would you, would you uh, based on the clip you just played, would that be dark metamorphosis? Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Okay, yeah. Okay, so E3 announces, so they're not, so E3 isn't really dead. They go through a dark metamorphosis and somebody buys the E3 <laughs> name or something like that. Okay, I could go with that. I could go with that. Just when you thought it was safe to be rid of E3. Okay. Um, Loki, mm-hmm. what's what's your number two pick? Um, I had the, the Switch successor would be announced by March. It's coming out next year and launches with Metroid Prime 4 and Mario Odyssey 2. Wow. 
Wait, did you say next year though? Do you mean 2025 or do you mean later this year? 2025. Wow. Okay. That's the that's the part of your prediction I don't think you got right, but the I maybe that's that's why we do this. That's why we do this. All right. Interesting. Um okay. Why why do you think it's all the way in 2025? Why do you think they missed this year after all the hype for this year? Do you think um, it's really just development time. I think they need more time. And actually, you know, now that now that I think about it, though, a, a 2025 release would not uh, mean a March announcement because that would kill sales for the rest of the year, unless they're doing something like we're going to keep both SKUs around type of stuff, mm. you know, DS Lite, DS type thing. Um, I th- yeah, I th- we'll see. I feel pretty confident that the Switch successor will play the old Switch games. I really, in my gut, in my heart of hearts, I am convinced that some of the newer Pokemon games, specifically Legends Arceus and um, Pokemon Gen 9, were, were coded with another Switch in mind I, that never released. And I really think those games are going to play a lot better on the Switch successor. I, I just... I feel maybe that should be one of my predictions, but that that in my gut, I feel like that's true with those. So, okay. Do you feel it in your bones? I do. I do. I feel it in a lot of places. All right. Um, <laughs> my next one again. I think I'm going with the safe picks this year because I think this will happen. But I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of craft this scenario here. I believe at the end of the year, so in the last in the holiday rush, a game, a triple A game in the holiday rush is going to get targeted, dragged, and exposed because of its overuse of AI. So in other words, a game that tries to pass itself off (laughs) as not having a lot of this in it, people on the inside are going to uh, report undercover or it's going to come out in the review process that there is uh, overuse of AI. There's a lot of AI that's in this in the like quest. AI generated AI like generated artwork. AI generated quests. Assets. AI generated voice acting and AI generated assets are going to show up in the game. And this game gets universally dragged by social media. And I'm talking a schlacking of like um, what was the Square Enix game that just shit the bed when it came out by the by the Sega oh, guy? Was it the by Sonic? Uh, yeah, I know which one. The one that reused the fourteen assets. It's, that one. Uh, that's a good. That's a good example too. That and the 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 cutesy cartoon game that nobody liked. Balan Wonderland. Thank you, Dark Tetsuya. That's the one I'm trying to think of. Balan Wonderworld. Yeah. I'm talking. It gets its ass kicked on social media in that regard, and the game absolutely tanks and puts the company in danger. Now, because I think this is a safe pick, I'm going to go so far as to say. Ubisoft is the culprit, and I, I'm leaning into that because we know that they've been developing. They, they never would do something like that. AI quest generated things, and I think this games as a service stuff. I think somebody tries to lean in and use AI for this games as a service, and their pants get pulled all the way off, and their their butt and balls are completely exposed to the entire gaming world, and nobody buys this game as a result. All right. Isn't that a safe pick? I hate it, but it's a safe pick, don't you think? <laughs> Me, yeah, it's pretty safe. I was, I was also just thinking though. I don't have a problem with like, like fetch quest stuff being randomly generated by AI, but definitely the use of art assets and music and voice acting. Yeah, 
I, I would say uh, what you're disgusting. describing is like what Skyrim did to generate the daily quest. And I think most yeah. people are like, okay with that, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it goes one step further than that. Actually 10 steps further than that. Okay. Number one, numero uno, the top prediction, although these really aren't ranked, but we're going to pretend they, they are, are anyway. Yeah. Uh, Dark Sakura. Well, this one's actually a safe one, but just from experiences of my own recently that I actually can't talk about. Um, I'm going to say an even bigger push on VR and space spatial computing in and outside of the gaming industry. A bigger push in VR in and outside the gaming industry. Um, and spatial computing, as in oh, spatial environments for computing. Oh, okay, okay. We're already seeing a big push with spatial audio. That's been a lot more. Yes. We already have uh, spatial computing with some of the recently announced products coming out. We, I mean, Oculus is still a thing. Um, but we are now getting into that VR environment in the world of of, of consumer computing. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we're getting in. I, I think that there's going to be an even bigger boom in that after, um, after, and because we've got an announcement date after the Vision Pro is released, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, people trying to follow suit. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, you know, and even, even in the gaming space, I look at something like, um, uh, Niantic, because you know, I play a lot of Niantic games. You know, Pokemon Go obviously being the most common, but of course, Monster Hunter Now, Pikmin ingress these are all things and ingress is usually kind of the canary in the coal mine for a lot of uh, uh niantic stuff and they've gotten really big into scanning which again is ar not vr but it's still it's it's still spatial augmented big reality yeah exactly yeah. it's still for those who don't know yeah it's still very spatial so what you can do is you scan these 3d portals and now you do hacking in 3d around the landmark basically uh it's called overclocking in the game's mechanic um, I think this is not an official prediction of mine, but I do think kind of along these lines, you're going to see something in Pokemon go this year that utilizes that because, and my thought was mass outbreaks would be a feature that they're going to bring is that you start to scan the, the, I keep calling them portals because they are in ingress, but you scan the landmark and what'll happen is that for like 60 seconds, you're going to see Pokemon just like pop out behind the sculpture, walk out from like around a the sculpture. Yes. But like like in the 3d environment with your phone, oh, yeah. you'll actually see them pop out because they kind of have this in AR now, but what they don't do is they don't actually interact with the landmarks, but behind mm -hmm. the scenes, they've been collecting scans of all the landmarks. If you play Pokemon go, you scan landmarks. And so what Which I is think actually really easy for iOS uh, with the virtual reality kit. It is. And I think with, you know, I think the, the Apple vision thing is going to be a great way for them to enact this type of thing in pokemon go potentially so uh, uh, we'll see we'll see i just you know it's one of those crazy predictions where i was like i wonder Wait. how they would utilize this feature in pokemon go and i think i could see like 60 I seconds disagree of with that. everywhere i disagree with with it being for for games like pokemon go mm -hmm. but i could see it for other games that would involve staying in the house okay hmm okay all right. Uh, well, let's go to Loki. Your numero uno prediction. You don't really have a really big number one prediction, but um, I'm going to make the prediction that the well, obviously by the time because it's not coming out until next March, March or April, I think. Um, but the the Minecraft movie trailer will come out and it will suck 
really bad, I will still go see it though in 2025. But that's my prediction is that the the movie trailer for the Minecraft movie is going to be awful. It just sounds awful. That is the safest prediction on this entire list. And we've had a lot of safe predictions tonight. It, <laughs> I don't want it to be awful, but it it's going to be awful. He has this live action. It's just going to be. It's going to be awful, I feel. All right. Um, and my number one, you want to talk about, oh, I don't know if uh, this maybe isn't a safe pick. Um, I'm going to say this and I'm going to explain why. Um, because you're going to think this isn't a big deal, but when I explain the why, I think you'll understand. So here it is. My number one prediction is the game of the year at Dorito Pope's 2024 Game Awards is an indie game. It's not going to be a AAA game. It's going to be an indie game. And the reason why I'm saying that is that, you know, we, we're going to get into this in a little bit here. We get into the news of this week, but there's obviously there's been a lot of layoffs in the industry, in the tech industry. We've, we've heard a lot about this, and it's, it's really unfortunate. And this is a theme that's been continuing from 2023. And for such a bright year as 2023 was in gaming, it just sucks that the industry has not been able to stay on top of itself in a business sense that, you know, it's been poorly managed. The product has been great across uh, mostly, mostly across the board, except for that Kong game. But even the Kong game was bad because it was poorly managed. And I think that, you know, unfortunately you're seeing a lot of these layoffs, but the interesting thing about the gaming industry is that unlike a lot of industries, if you get laid off or you leave the gaming industry, and you have the means and resources, which isn't available for everybody, but you have the means and resources to sustain yourself for a little while. You can make your own game. And I think what, and you can make your own product. And ultimately, it's very easy to put your own product out there on Steam, you know, and Epic Store, a variety of different places. You all know the game stores out there. And I think what happens is that some of these people that were laid off in 2023 band together, make an indie studio. And they make the fucking next Minecraft, the next Five Nights at Freddy's, the next, you know, you name it, huge indie title. And I think you get a swell of support, not just because the game is good, but because people kind of want to stick it to the man this year. And they're going to award an indie game that, that like, I think the story will be that these folks that got laid off came together to create an even better game. And that's that's what ultimately wins the twenty twenty four game of the year award. So, I there's and there's somewhat of that playing into my AI prediction as well. I think there's going to be a lot of pushback from people against these, you know, fat cats that still uh, in the management that are still working at these companies that cut all the meaning the people making the meaningful work out of it. I think there's going to be. A lot of people that want to see them fail, and I don't blame them. And so I think that's why you're going to see exposure with AAA games and so forth. And, you know, Tiger Claw brings up a great point. If Baldur's Gate 3 is any indication, 2024 will have a huge indie game that's going to win any, many awards. You know, I'm not sure where we draw... an indie game. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure where we draw the line with indie, but, like, it kind of, yeah, like... A lot of the reason why Baldur's Gate 3 was so well-received is a lot of that. You know, it's the whole pushing back against DLC and releasing a product that's actually worth the $70 that you pay for it and all that. That's why that game got embraced in many of the ways that it has. I think Except it has gotten updates and uh, new new content yes. since. 
and for free. So, which yeah. is great. But yeah. it still doesn't mean that it's not DLC, you know. Sure, sure. But um but I I think um the game of the year 2024 will be a little bit more on the cheaper end than Baldur's Gate 3, but we'll see. We'll see. That's those are my thoughts. So anyway, um let's recap. I'm going to show you the lovely WordPad file that I'm about to save here. We're going to recap my very professional notes here. Our predictions. So Paprium uh releases on Steam. Bobby Kotick becomes the CEO of another gaming or gaming adjacent company. Two launch window titles for the Switch successor are Microsoft games, and one of them is Sea of Thieves. Uh, E3 announce, announces another metamorphosis, a dark metamorphosis. Um, the Switch successor is announced by March, and Prime 4 and Odyssey are launch titles, and it releases 2025. Uh, a AAA game gets exposed for way overuse of AI, and it causes the game to absolutely tank. A bigger push in VR and spatial environments in and outside gaming industry. The Minecraft movie trailer sucks. <laughs> and the game of the year 2024 at the Game Awards is an indie game. There you have it. What do you think? How do you think we're going to score, y'all? I asked that in I think these room. are actually pretty safe predictions. These are, this, I mean, I don't think Paprium's going to happen, but... Th this is, like, honestly, this is probably, like, the safest prediction year I've ever seen us do. But we'll see. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe maybe after getting bruised a little bit, after only getting... Okay, leave me... Sorry, it's bugging me here. Okay, maybe um, after getting bruised a little bit with only getting one and a half right last year, we're, we're dialing it back a little bit with some, some more safe and I less big predictions. I don't know if that's the case. I think what we're doing is we are, and and I, I know I'm going to need a blanket fort and some cereal after this, mm -hmm. but I think that we're making some really mature predictions that we're looking at an industry now that we've had our toes dipped into for, you know, decades now mm -hmm. and looking at the ebb and flow, paying attention to the world around it and making some pretty solid fact-based predictions you know i think that's a damn good point you know and i think I, I i hesitate to call these cynical predictions but they they live in that world of like realism of like being around like for example the bobby kotick thing that prediction sucks but it comes from that place of we've we have seen well, shitty people succeed too many times as the saying goes you know a cynic is what an optimist calls a realist <laughs> Uh, so I, and I would say my AI pick and ultimately what drove me to say the indie game for 2024, I would say those picks of mine are rooted in that a little bit as well. Um, mm -hmm. So they're not just something that, you know, we we shot out one day and decided that they were going to be I, our predictions. I don't know, Dark Soccer. I did write these on the toilet earlier today. <laughs> Do we need to know that, Rob? I'm just kidding. Or am I? You know what? I did mine five minutes before the show. <laughs> But that's the other thing, too, is just that I think because we're so versed in the ebb and flow of things that we we can. And for the record, uh, Bonds 006, I said VR in general. Meta is part of that universe. I didn't uh, focus on that one because I think we're going to get a whole lot of imitators after the Vision Pro gets released, mm -hmm. which we only have, you know a little bit of time before those pre-orders go up mm -hmm. as it was already announced. Yeah. I think outside of the, you know, former Oculus realm, I think meta kind of stays out of gaming. I, I think, yeah. 
That's that's it. Oh, you bon- shouldn't have froth on your PC. Bonds 006 apologizes. Anyway, no, it's yeah. it's totally fine. It's all good. Um, so yeah, I I'll uh, I'll be you know if I wanted to do a really safe prediction, I would have uh, brought back tonight's uh, intro bump that we play live before the show, and I would have said Atari releases ten more versions of Yars Revenge. That would have also been a safe pick <laughs> for tonight. Very true. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? I have a safe prediction, and that's that. Mid, they can't stop throwing up all over the house. There, wait, that's a safe prediction. Wait, hold on, hold on. Buy, buy me thirty seconds because on the Yars Revenge note, I have something to share. Buy me thirty seconds. Buy you thirty seconds with what? I don't have any money. I can't buy time. Do I look like a demigod? Well, I mean, maybe I kind of do. That I can't do that. I don't have that ability, Matt. Do you? Buy time? Okay. No, I don't. Okay, I'm back. Wish I could buy time. All I did was bullshit for thirty seconds. And Rob's back to save me. That's all I needed. Okay. So speaking of ten different ways of Yar's revenge, so you know I bought an Evercade, or I didn't. I didn't buy it. Sorry, my husband bought it for me for Christmas. What I did buy is I started to buy more cartridges, and one of the cartridges I got this week, all the way from Europe, and you know because it has the the Peggy thing down at the bottom. Okay, the mm-hmm. ga- the cartridge that I imported, the Atari Collection Two, and do you know what game is in? The Atari Collection 2. What game is that right there for those watching on the video? In the or- Let me give you a hint. It's a bright orange box with a, bu- with a little alien bird on it. That would be Yar's Revenge, my friends. <laughs> so I am not fucking helping. But for the record, this cartridge is actually out of print. And that's part of why I bought it. And I have two more. I also bought Namco, one- Namco 1 and 2. What? Is it not PAL? Uh no, because the ever it's all HDMI now. Oh, never gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I was, I was, my brain was going into thinking uh older cartridge. No, no, you're all good. And actually, what's kind of neat about this collection is, yeah, it has, yes, it has like Yars Revenge and the shit you always see, but it has stuff like Wizard. I don't think I've seen that game re-released in a long time, and it has some 7800 games on it too, which is kind of cool. So, Ooh. does it have Ninja Golf? uh no but keep in mind this is collection two i don't know what was in collection one i could not find collection one anywhere ninja golf is such a weird fucking game i'm gonna get those toa plan cartridges at some point just just to make you jealous Uh, not really but i'm gonna pretend it makes you jealous um you mean when i can go grab my my genesis and play zero wing yes yeah actually um but i will say this so um let me bring you know i have i have an ultracade right Oh, that's right. You do. I do. Yeah. I will tell I'm going to put this out there because I know we have listeners overseas. And you know what? Sometimes Dark Sakura asks the listeners for things she wants. I'm going to put this out because this is the Evercade cartridge I want more than anything. And it's like $90 on eBay. But I know somebody's got to have it out there. It's this one. Okay. This is no longer in print. It's the Pico. I see it. What is it? It's the Pico Interactive Collection 1. Pico, P-I-K-O. And the games that are in this are fucking obscure-ass games, but they're great. Eight Eyes, which was on the NES, you might remember. Draken, mm-hmm. which I know I've talked about this game before. And Dragon View. This is, this is the fucking gold bar game in this pack is Dragon View. Yes, I could just bring it up in an emulator if I wanted to, but I think it would be so cool to have like a legitimate version of Dragon View. It also has the Immortal from NES. It has a lot of, you know, because, yeah. 
like Power Punch 2, which literally looks like a ripoff of uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!, Exploding Fist, which I I vaguely, Top Racer, I vaguely remember a lot of these games from like Nintendo and Super Nintendo, but that is like right now, like my my, uh, holy grail for this system. That's the thing I want more than anything right now. So... I'll I'll put up one of my uh, searches for you because I have uh, good trackers on that. Awesome. So appreciate it. Yeah, because if I if I could find it, it's because I did pay thirty dollars for the Namco carts, and I think they're usually around twenty. But th- they wanted ninety on eBay for this. I'm like, no, 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 that's that's too much. So I, want- I did find the Data East collection and the Jellygo collection. Data and the East, Interplay collection. Data East, if you buy, well, most of the cartridges are still in print. And Data East, by the way, is a pack-in game with the verses. But if you buy the handheld, the handheld Gremlin collection. So yeah, oh, there's a ton of great collections on that that thing. Anyway, yeah, but I don't want to sound like a shill. It's just something that I happen to have and I I want. Anyway, we're getting into our gaming weeks a little bit, so we should probably uh, turn it over and ask folks, how was your gaming week? So let's go to Dark Sakura and ask, how was your gaming week? Um, it was actually a bit, a little bit eventful. So, um, I of course played some Dead by Daylight and had a pretty good time, although I didn't play like for a super long time. Um, I tried again to do Baldur's Gate 3. I turned off my cloud saves and that made zero difference for streaming. So I am relegated to playing it offline. Um, well, at least not streaming. Um, I also, um, of course, played uh, Rudra no Hijo, um, which is Treasure of the Rudras, the last uh, game that Square released for the Super Famicom. And uh, I finished the second scenario, so now I've started on the third scenario. Um, love that game. It's really fucking good. It, it needs a re-release. Um, I also played some uh, uh, Jackie Crush um, you know, one of those pinball games in the Devil's Crush series, but that was on Super Famicom. Um, I also started, I started Maria's scenario on um, Nocturne in the Moonlight, which, and I, I'm talking about like the English translation and everything. Um, but I decided that, I that really wanted to. That we talked this... about last week or like something you just already yeah. had? Oh, okay. I mean, I already officially owned the game. So I can legally I actually own this. I own the the translation it's based off of and the voice acting that they included in it. So it's like I own all the pieces that made this game. I can legally emulate it. Okay. Um. So at any rate, um, I decided to start uh the main scenario with Alucard. Um, and the voices. I mean, they are different. They're the ones from the PSP. It's not at all bad. The dialogue makes more sense. And uh, it's going to take me a while to remember, you know, get my muscle memory back. And dear Lord, I need to finish getting Alucard all of his skills. Um, But I've already done like the, you know, the two monster fight and I did the doppelganger fight already. I was way too underpowered for the doppelganger fight. But you know what? You can carry turkey and chicken in your pocket and that'll save you. Um. Uh, I know I've played a couple of other things. Um, I, I've basically been trying to uh, find like uh, ISOs for games that I own. So I don't have to dig out my Saturn every time that I want to play them um, or or my Wii or anything like that. So uh, I am uh, planning on doing a, a random old school game night like once a week since Baldur's Gate 3 is being such a fail for me. Mm. 
Well, nothing wrong with retro throwbacks and all that good stuff. I, I love me a retro game. Yeah. Me too, because I'm old. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, if that's all, we'll move on to Loki. How was your gaming week? Uh, it was basically Minecraft. I've been grinding, trying to get resources for a build I'm doing on Fever Dream, which I'm just about done doing. And then um, I did play a little bit of my play date. So I was checking out Pick Pack Pup, which is a match three type game where you have to pack up items into boxes and you get money for that. And it like they have a trasher basically as time goes on, it starts trashing the bottom row and you lose money from that. That's fun. If I may. If I may, I have a, a an urgent thing to tell Rob. Sure. I I found your cartridge for twenty one ninety nine. May okay. S- please send me the link, but make sure it's not the arcade yeah. collection. There's a difference. I never mind. That I should have put that out there. There's an arcade collection that's still in print. It has to have Dragon's All View right. on it. That's that's that. Just remember I'm, Dragon's View. All I'm right. back on the hunt. All right, back on the hunt. <laughs> okay. Come on, you know me. I know, I know. All right. Uh, well, that's it for Loki's gaming week. Uh, my gaming week. Uh, a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen still playing. A little bit of Overwatch two. Actually, I was playing Overwatch two with um, Grandpa Warcraft or Captain Matt from Starboard Power Coupling. Actually, a couple nights ago, and because uh, he actually plays that game quite a bit, so we were playing together for a little bit, and uh, that was always fun. I uh, this is random, but not really. Uh, I was playing Diablo three. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why would I be playing Diablo 3 when Diablo 4 is out? Because season 30 of Diablo 3 started this last week. And I was curious, and I wanted to go back and check it out because um, this is the first season that is essentially not new. They're recycling stuff, but they're kind of like mix and matching uh, previous enhancements to the game. In this, So this has both 28 and 29's twists going on at the same time. 28's twist was the uh, Paragon board type of thing that they have. I forget what they call it, the Altar of Rights or something, I think they call it. So you get the really good boosts. For example, you can get a boost pretty early on where it removes the level requirement from all gear. And that's the new way that you can get to a level 70 now in like 60 minutes. If you play a Necromancer, you can get to level 70 in 60 minutes because of this board. It's pretty cool. And it has the portals to the other realms during the bounties that the last season had. So it's just interesting, and I've been uh, enjoying checking that out. I'm not going to go too far with this season, but it's it's you know it's fun to go back and visit an old friend and say, Hello, I missed you. Because, you know, retro... I, is Diablo 3 a retro game at this point? I think so. When did it come out originally? 20... 12 maybe i can't remember what year it came out but i think it's over 10 years old at this point so um it's a classic game for me so that's otherwise that's pretty much my gaming week a little bit i have been playing a little bit of my evercade i haven't i just got the atari one yesterday though so i haven't gotten this uh, open this yet and i have uh the namco one and namco two collections which are also out of print i have those on the way um because of course who doesn't need another way to play pac-man who doesn't need another way to play pac-man I have that on the way. All right, let's get into some gaming news of the week. Uh, starting off with a bummer, but it's something we've got to talk about, right, Loki? Yeah, there's been a lot of layoffs at the beginning of the year. I'm guessing because this is the quarter four for a lot of companies for their financial year. So let's go over them. Already this year, we've had uh, 20, over 2,700 layoffs and across a variety of different uh, companies. 
Uh, so some of the things, uh, Unity laid off 1,800 people, uh, or 25% of its staff. It's, it's continuing its reset, if you will. Um, Bossa Studios laid off 19 people. Um, looks like Arca- Archaic, um, they laid off an unknown number of people. Twitch laid off 500 people, uh, which is 35% of its total staff. Uh, Playtica laid off three to 400 people. Uh, Discord, 170. And then, um, God, I think there was even more than that, but like, um, Oh, yeah, uh, we had Lost Boys Interactive. There was an unknown number of people. And then uh, Fun Selector, which I think is probably a smaller studio, laid off three people as well, three developers. Uh, lots of layout layoffs, and that sucks. Obviously, Hopefully, they'll be able to bounce back. Obviously, the Twitch one really resonates because, you know, that's the platform we're broadcasting on now. And many of us, you know, either partake or, part, or you'll create Twitch streams as well. So it's a little bit shocking to hear. Because they just, you may recall, they just had layoffs already towards the end of last well, year. Yeah, and they were saying that they're being they're unprofitable, even though they've made like thirteen billion dollars on the platform as well, which is interesting. It's it's interesting to think what Twitch is going to do to try to keep surviving. Because I just I I don't know. I I would so I would be so bummed if Twitch went away. I really would. Um, because there's just not a lot of great alternatives out there. I'm not going to the green site, and I guess there's YouTube, which is I've ha- I've certainly had my issues with YouTube in the past, and I continue to. But I feel like I guess if YouTube's a thing, then sure. But like I I like what we've got going here at Twitch. It's just really yeah. I, I I'm shocked they can lay off 30 percent of the staff and the lights are still on. I'm like where did where did they cut those people? Is that is that from upcoming Out of how many features? employees? <sighs> It's just, yeah, shocking. Uh, SJ100 Matt in our chat says, this is them saying, see, we're not heartless monsters. We didn't lay folks off during the holidays. Aren't we great? Talk about doing the bare minimum. So, yeah. Um, Questbuster in chat says, Twitch's burn rate must be wild. They allegedly take in a ton of revenue, but none of it is actual profit. So where's the money going? (laughs) Is it all bandwidth? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. And I, I, you know, to, to be fair, we hear about these multi-million dollar CEOs. We hear about the golden parachute for Bobby Kotick and it pisses us all off. I, I'm assuming that Twitch doesn't quite have as fat of a top. I'm sure the CEO does pretty well for himself, but I don't think the top is that f- at nearly as fat. So I, I, I'm very curious. Yeah. As Joe and Hunter Matt says, the maintenance cost is very high. The rumor that part of the Twitch sale was due to the very Amazon Web Services costs that they owed. That is wild. Well, then Amazon needs, again, I I would say some of this is Amazon's fault. I would say Amazon leverages Twitch very poorly. Very, very poorly. There's, There's much more that Amazon could lean into. The watch parties was a start, but I bet, I bet half of you forgot that was even a thing until I mentioned it just now you know, to try to drive more eyes towards Amazon Prime and the shows that they're doing there. I just, I'm, I really feel like Twitch runs in a bubble compared to the rest of Amazon. And it's just a little weird that they don't try to find opportunities to help each other, especially when it comes to thing like things like Luna and their push into cloud gaming, Prime gaming and all this. It's, it's just wild to me how that stuff isn't consistent. 
which is so strange to me. So, Questbuster in chat says, my guess is that Amazon looks at the Twitch silo and wonders what else could be actually making money with that infrastructure versus what is sitting there now. It's Twitch. Twitch has communities and influencers of varying degrees that can get people to listen, you know, and, and, you know, think and sometimes act. And I just, I'm surprised that Amazon doesn't try to leverage more in the sponsorships and all that for it. I, I guess maybe I should have put this in my predictions, but I do think, I think at some point you're going to have to have a Twitch pro membership in order to be able to stream. I, I, I think they're going to charge people to stream. You don't make enough money on that platform to do that. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you can try to do that and your platform will die immediately. Yeah. Like, cause I, be like, I feel well, like that's, I, I know, I know, I'm not, I don't know everybody's groaning, but take that prediction the way that Matt brought up the Bobby Kotick thing earlier, because uh, I, I, I see that that's going to be like the hail Mary thing is that you have to be either like Amazon prime or Twitch pro in order to be able to stream on the service. So, Yes, let me let me pay for the privilege to make you money. That I'm sorry, this is no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. S two one hundred Matt says I don't see Amazon selling or killing off Twitch. I do see them buying outside investors. I can think of a certain private investment fund that everyone hates that would buy more shares of Amazon. Hmm. And how how on earth is the green site making money? That's what I want to know. How on earth is the other site? They I have no are not. idea what you're talking about. Are you talking about the one that starts with a K? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't think they are. Yeah. So I'm like, if they're, if this they're site's not... losing money, that site. Yeah, that's the thing is like everyone's saying that they're uh, profitable, but they're not. They're paying like millions of dollars to get people on the platform, but they don't have advertisers, especially since the platform you know touts itself on being like uncensored. Like who's gonna really want to advertise on there? Well, I can tell you who's gonna advertise on there. Gambling. The main Quest backer, Buster, the, yeah, gambling. gambling. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, I don't think that's gonna be around very long either. I I think I I think the bubble breaks on that one, and when it bursts, it bursts quickly and without warning, and a lot of people are gonna be very disappointed. And I, I look, I'm not completely trying to shit on that site i realize there are some fine folks that have decided to take a stab on a new venture because you know and i i respect that and so forth i just think i think it's it i think the executive team is like romper room over there that's 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 what it is and i think it's at some point they drive that shit into the ground like wouldn't this be awesome and then the whole thing blows up that's just that's just what happens Oh, I know what we should have done. What? Our, one of the predictions would have been um, that by the end of this year, Twitch fully embraces adult content with its own, like, sectioned off section. Because they're, they're dabbling with it, but and I think that it's going to be hard for them to ignore that kind of money. Mm. Uh, Questbuster, you know, and in fairness, I think this is, this is a fair perspective. This is why we say we're the show where every gamer has a voice because sometimes y'all lend some excellent thoughts to the suggestion. And Questbuster says, sometimes you don't, but this one is. Uh, Questbuster says, or another perspective, uh, casinos in Vegas survived the pandemic because of how deep their pockets are. You know what's interesting, though? If you go to Vegas now versus before the pandemic, there's a, at least for me personally, after this last trip to Vegas, I don't want to go back. Because now yeah. 
Vegas is starting to nickel and dime for the stupidest shit. They're charging for parking in Vegas now. Remember when that was free to entice you to park at the casino to gamble money there? The, you would, I could eat a meal cheaper at Disneyland. True story. I, I live, this is not hyperbole. I ate a meal at Disneyland cheaper than eating at Panda Express at the Venetian. It's crazy. And I, so I think, I think there's a, I, I don't know. I, and I, I th- when you hear that something like the sphere is hurting, when that is like like such well, a fucking visual feast, and that, so many that people, makes sense that's the though because thing it, happened in Vegas they're char- in years. They're charging yeah. like hundreds of dollars for a ticket. That's like, it. who's gonna go watch a short movie for hundreds of dollars? That's, like, yeah, it's like that's why the bubbles. I think you're starting to see. And and to be fair to Questbuster, it's not like Vegas suddenly shuts down. But Questbuster, I want you to look at another and everybody. Sorry, Questbuster, I'm not picking on you. You actually give great insight here. Everybody that's thinking about this, look at the. I want you to look at what happens, what's happening in Reno, Nevada. Diet Vegas. I can't believe it's not Vegas. You told me we were going to go to Vegas, but instead we went to Reno. Take a look at what's happened in Reno. Because the bubble on the gambling and all that kind of has burst in Reno. And you know why? Because California does allow gambling on and it, well it's it's part this but part this but california does allow gambling uh within native american land and so there are and you know there's at least what five really rich resort casinos in this area that we live in and so a lot of folks in the bay area this area they don't go to reno to gamble anymore they can do it here so the bubbles yeah. kind of burst on gambling and reno is having to kind of reinvent itself as a tech hub and that's what you see reno kind of becoming now yes it still has circus circus but Hera's fucking closed. That's a that's like the mm-hmm. place Jay Leno, Joan Rivers, you know, despite whatever you think of these comedians, these were huge comics in the 80s. These are huge shows. The bubbles burst. And I think if... Rest in peace, Joan Rivers. Yeah, for sure. What, a, what an icon. I, and while I don't think Vegas is going to meet the same fate, I really don't. I think Vegas is always going to have that sense of excess and, you know, all that stuff. I do think there's going to be a pushback on this whole, like, whatever happened to be doing Vegas fucking cheap? Because that used to be the draw for Reno as well. Whatever happened to just fucking doing cheap shit in Reno? And then it wasn't so cheap anymore. And what, what happened? You know what? The one thing that's still cheap in Reno, five ninety nine steak and eggs at the Cal Neva. Would you ever in your life eat $5.99 steak and eggs? <laughs> but you know what? Tended at Waffle House. Do you know what resort is still open? Cal Neva. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, the one that is infamous, infamously the trashy, dumpy place, still there. Why? Trashy, dumpy reputation. Anyway, just some thoughts. Okay. Um, how did we get from layoffs to talking about Cal Neva? Only here on Orange Lounge Radio would that happen. Uh, but it was, well, let's see. No, we talked Twitch, the kick to gambling. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. To- so my my point is that I don't want to make light of this because obviously, you know, this this story sucks. And I'm going to go back to the predictions at the top of the show. And I'm just going to really hope for these folks that there can be some diamonds made out of this coal. And that, you know, the nice thing about the gaming industry is that you can be empowered to do this on your own. And I hope people that have had to bear the brunt of these layoffs are – and I know not everybody's going to have the means to do it, but I hope those that do – 
are able to create a really awesome indie game and a new studio. Because that is one thing you do hear about also in this industry. A lot of new studios that open up people that used to work at another place. So I hope this is a rebirth of some really cool studios that make some really fun games. So I don't know what else I can say on that because otherwise it's pretty dreary. But if these big studios get caught, do it. If they get caught cutting corners with AI, they're going to get the schlacking is going to be biblical. All right. Uh, next up, let's move on. Let's talk about, oh, speaking of companies taking a schlacking on social media, uh, let's talk about Capcom because Capcom decided to just, you know, why, why not new year, new anti-mod software? How about it? New DRM. <laughs> new DRM. Yeah. New year, new DRM. A new update for Resident Evil Revelations added more software to prevent modding. You want nude Resident Evil characters? Too bad. Um, this is pissing off Capcom's community because, of course, there's a lot of people that make mods and not just – I obviously, we always joke about nude mods. But there's a variety of mods out there in the community uh, of all sorts, and uh, this is pissing the modding community off. In October – Capcom published a developer video where the company said mods are no different from cheating. You remember that? There was that whole to-do where they were like mods are basically cheating. And there was some interesting like clickbaitiness to that. But that that some are saying that was the smoke before this fire here. Um, and then, of course, uh, also what happened is that you had that tournament that happened recently. Uh, where they were playing Street Fighter, oh, yeah. and then, oops, Chun-Li's naked. <laughs> oops, all boobs. That mod was installed on the uh, Street Fighter, and that did not look great because that was being streamed out on Twitch and all that stuff. About a month ago, Capcom started to do takedown notices on Monster Hunter videos, which either featured a mod, mentioned a mod. Capcom Japan was going after Sunbreak videos on YouTube if you were running a mod, and it was takedown requests, copyright strikes. Somewhere, Capcom's the new Nintendo. That's right. So Capcom added a piece of software called Enigma to a back catalog of games on the PC. Enigma can be used as DRM software. It does appear that what it's happening here is that modders are being prevented from affecting the EXE or executable file. Some other titles have included Mega Man Zero and ZX Legacy Collection, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, Resident Evil Res uh, Revelations, and so forth. Since then, what's interesting, there's been a forum exchange that happened, and the patch was recently removed. Capcom said, due to an issue observed with the latest update released, we have reverted the corresponding update. We apologize for the inconvenience caused, and once the issue is resolved, we will re-release the update. They yeah, don't say I what think, that is, but I think because the issue that I heard or about that was that it was preventing games from running on the Steam Deck. Oops, not great. Yeah, at least I think I've seen some screenshots regarding that, and it was it was because of that update. But it's stupid, like like especially back catalog those... games. A lot of those, um, like copy protection and anti piracy and anti cheating software, um, they are pretty exclusionary when it comes to Unix systems as well, which is a big reason why some of, like many, like Dead by Daylight for the longest time wouldn't run on uh, Steam Deck because, uh, 
the anti-cheat that it uses um, won't run on Unix-based systems. Well, although now that it's running on uh, on uh, Linux, a Linux system, I don't see any reason why they can't do a native Mac OS version, but that's a different story. This just, it's just such an overreaction, I think, on Capcom's part. If they're pissed about the titty mod, then that's an issue with that particular tournament and what went wrong with that tournament allowing that software to run. And that's something that Capcom needs to take up with that tournament because, like, this this type of overreach of now we got to disable every mod that does anything in the game is it, it just strikes me as very, oh, I don't know. We're going to delete Picto chat off of every 3DS because a child might see a phallic drawing. No, th- there's a lot of like it, people that have that kind of take where like, for example, even not necessarily with cheating, but like in Minecraft, one of the um, takes is, well, we feel that villagers are too OP. They're too overpowered. Their trades um, ruin the balance of the game. But it's also an optional gameplay mechanic that you can use. You don't have to use villagers to like enchant stuff. So people be having no self-control, want them to just remove a feature from the game or make it harder or more grindier because they have a problem with feeling that it's too overpowered. Like, then just don't play that way. Why ruin it for everybody else? And then, of course, the game companies, they do that. They just ruin it for everybody else because that's what they're exactly what they're doing right now. More gameplay equals a grindier experience for whatever reason. You know, Capcom just announced a new Monster Hunter game not that long ago. And if you piss off your community, go that, you know, when they're pissing off the Monster Hunter community with this, that's that's not a good look for pushing pre-orders for your game. You probably want to stew on that a little bit, Capcom. There's I I feel like 2024 is gonna be a year of fuck around and find out for some of these big companies. It really is. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just wishful thinking on the accountability front, but I re- I really feel yeah. like fuck around find out's going to take on a whole new meaning this year. There's a lot of people threatening things if they're like, oh, if this company does this, and I'm not going to support them. You have and to then fucking they, do it. You have to and fucking then, do it. Then they just go and buy their game, and they're like, well, backlash was hardly anything. That's right. I don't really see the point though, because to me, like, it's not ruining the like say you're modding these games it's not ruining the balance of these games or anything like who cares what you're doing especially with old back catalog games like i don't understand what the point is in preventing modding on these like is it really like disparaging your name like just because someone makes a nude mod for street fighter i'm not going to be like thinking oh capcom and their their perverted game with nudity in it like i'm not an idiot uh, I, mean, I guess there's a lot of idiots out there, but I just feel like the impact from that is so nothing. Like it's just not going to be a thing. Yeah, I do, I do agree because I'm get look at what you know. We just talked about all the Steamboat Willie stuff, which by the way, that all seemed to disappear this week, which is lovely. <laughs> but like you know, now that Steamboat Willie is public domain, you know somebody's drawn mickey mouse's dong and all this stuff i'm sure it's out there it's yes, the internet just now being public domain hasn't stopped people you know from it's out there that but my point is none of that like people are are able to separate that oh my god i saw a dong this is disney's fault no people know the difference oh my god winnie the pooh is a killer because that movie no like reasonable people know the difference there's always going to be unreasonable people stop and uh stop um 
amplifying them. There's always going to be unreasonable people. Stop amplifying them. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on. Let's uh, move on to something else. Oh, uh, some, something else big that's been happening this week, actually. Dark Sakura. Sony has uh, done some teases, 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 teases. Um, they have uh, made mention of uh, Gravity Rush as a movie. They've uh, put out some of the the artwork and the teaser for it um, at CES 2024, um, and it it looks like it's going to be pretty neat. Um, you know, they have like I guess it's assumed that it's Cat from Gravity Rush is a uh, jumping toward a dragon and there's shows some mocap stuff and all kinds of interesting things. And then um something else for a Patapon project. Um like it shows the Patapons uh fighting a mammoth and then yeah, it's uh interesting. It's it's uh it's you know all three D of course not like the original you know Patapon was. But it could be interesting. Um, I will, of course, reserve my judgment for when I have something more to judge. Yeah, some pretty light teases there on the CES front. I mean, again, CES is not supposed to be a gaming announcement thing. Um, but sometimes you get a little bit, and especially because if you go way, way back, E3 originally was a spinoff of CES. So I was just kind of curious if maybe E3 passing away was going to cause CES to maybe absorb a little bit. Maybe it's too soon, maybe next year. Um, but we have li little bits from Sony, little bits, but there's another little tidbit. Oh, please. Um, although uh, just if it wasn't on anyone's radar, cause this has been out on the web for a while is that there was a Kickstarter for a sequel to Potapon called Ratatan. Yeah. I remember seeing that. It looked cool. All right. Um, also, uh, it was mentioned in chat, uh, Dr. Tsuya says we usually get arcade one up announcements, but I don't think they had anything this year. Uh, yeah, apparently, um, I, I have not heard of arcade one up doing anything. Uh, there's, I'm looking at the Reddit for arcade one up and there's, you know, insiders that are saying they're not announcing anything at CES 2024. Uh, they just, the timing's not right. It sounds like. Interesting. All right. Moving on. Ooh, another controversy brewing in the community. Loki. Yeah, so this is uh, kind of adjacent to what sag was just dealing with with their strikes in regards to um, AI and replicating voice actors or actors, oh, I guess. yeah. So now, uh, apparently, they've signed a deal, uh, or sag has, they're engaging with a company called Replica Studios, who um, will basically allow folks to use actors who have licensed their likeness in voice um, to be used with the studio to generate dialogue. Um, I think that there's some actors are very... Un it, apparently, it's not a popular opinion because um, there's uh, actors basically responding back with this announcement, like saying, excuse me, uh, you... You know, he said, approved by the affected members of the union's uh, voiceover performer committee. Nobody in our community has approved this. 
that I know of. Games are a bulk of my livelihood and have been for years. Who are you referring to? Like, who is basically, you know, giving you the okay for this? And, and um, you know, they said, you know, what was it? Uh, from uh, voice actor Elias um, Tofexis basically said, I would humbly consider myself one of my, the top voice actors in games. No one asked me about this. No one reached out for my opinion. From what I've seen, no one asked any of my peers either. So basically, they're it's almost like they're moving ahead without getting the input from their members. But I assume they're going to work this all out. But once again, stuff like this and the whole stuff with um, like some of the AI image generators, especially nowadays, like where they're finding out that, hey, look, if I put this prompt in, I can get something that looks exactly like a frame of video from a major Hollywood movie. And you're saying that this is okay? Like, because clearly it's violating copyright because they were trained on copyrighted materials because there's no way they'd be able to mimic it down to it almost being a one-to-one exact frame from a movie like if they put the prompt in they go find a frame of that movie that matches that almost identically i believe i brought this up last week because i'm friends with a, a few folks um and definitely the complaining is loud they're basically saying you know this is what we were striking against and you're going behind our back doing this yeah yeah Yeah. um and and on top of that i mean i'm sure y'all saw the thing about them doing a george carlin special without george carlin that is christ that is that's awful yeah and and that that guy should be sued the person that put that on youtube should be sued by george carlin's estate his daughter commented on it his daughter commented on commenting it. on it's not enough legal action yeah, I, needs to be taken i really used to like will sasso too like i don't know what the hell happened i guess he fell out of obscurity and now he's got to find a way to come it, back getting I, getting rich quick is unfortunately a proposition that a lot of people lose their morals real quick yeah I, but yeah like carlin i listened to some awful. of it i tried to listen to some of it and there's something missing. Like the voice does sound like him and the jokes sound like jokes he would have made, but there's just something that's way off about it. Like, even if I didn't know it was an AI, there's like a quality that's missing certain inflections that are missing. And then certainly you can hear when an audience is pieced in. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually AI generating the voice or if it's AI generating the visuals for it, because I believe that the voice is done by Will Sasso because they had an interview with him and he said that he had studied to learn to do an impression of him and wanted to do all that. So I wasn't certain that he trained like an AI, I think to replicate it with like mimicking his voice you would think that would be just easier just to get the Still live. doesn't, doesn't yeah. sound like a human. No, it, yeah, it's... We're not there yet. His daughter p- being pissed off about awful. it tells you all you need to know, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to kind of go back and bold something that Jamie was saying earlier, and, and it really does sound like there's a big part of this that is very much a union issue. You know, a lot of what we were talking about, the strike, was very, you know, kind of... But I think with this, I think what's happened here is that I think the union made a hasty decision. I think they are a little bit fearful of how fast AI is progressing. And to that extent, I understand. And so they hastily, and this is where I think I don't understand, 
made a deal with this one organization. I understand actors can like opt out of it and stuff. There's a lot like it's not like what this deal doesn't do. It doesn't mean that every voice actor out there automatically has to submit to AI. No, it allows this one company to be able to do it. So I feel like SAG-AFTRA kind of entered into this deal to sort of stop the AI thing from growing out of control. I'm not excusing it, but what I'm saying is that the lesson to be learned here, and I think what's happening, and you're hearing the voice actors kind of push back, is that they don't feel like they feel like this decision was made so hastily, their voice was not in the room. You know, negotiators made this decision on their behalf, and it sounds like a lot of voice actors really wish they had been consulted or they had been in the room or they were allowed to give their input on this situation. That didn't happen, and that's a union problem. So, well, yeah. there's a lot of people who were already like saying, you know, if this doesn't get rectified, I'm tearing up my card. I can understand. You you want your union to represent you, and when they don't represent you, why are you paying the dues? And yeah, it looks like there's already um, a call for another strike, and this time wow. go uh, striking the union. Oh, this could get interesting. All right. Yeah. Mm. So. I, I'll, I'll have to ask a couple of a couple of uh, of my friends and see if they have anything to say about it. Anything that I could say, but I'll I'll ask a couple of folks. Yeah, or peek peek at Twitter too. You know, there's there's a few voice actors out there that are very vocal. So that's basically where my friends still are. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, moving on. Speaking of people talking about things, let's talk about Yoshi P. The uh, director behind Final Fantasy XIV and Final Fantasy XVI, uh, Naoki Yoshida, who's known as Yoshi P, um, he's been asked about Final Fantasy XVII um, because you know XVI's out. The DLC is you know for the first first part's out. The second part will be out at some point. But I think now the world is ready to hear about Final Fantasy XVII or asking this sort of thing. So um, somebody straight up asked him, Yoshi P, are you doing Final Fantasy XVII? Are you directing it? Yoshi P hesitated and said he's on the board of directors now. So he didn't give a clear answer to the question, which is interesting. But what he did say, which then, because, you know, the inter you, you would usually read into that, well, yes, he's doing it because he's not saying anything about it. But then he said, maybe it's time for someone new instead of having the same old guys handle the next one. He said, I think in some ways it would be good to look to the future and bring in a younger generation with more youthful sensibilities to make a new Final Fantasy with challenges that suit today's world. Uh, a good follow-up question he was asked after that would be, what advice would you give to that younger Final Fantasy 17 director? And he said, Final Fantasy is about challenging what's been done before. Hmm. While I'm certainly not looking to pick a fight with the older games, we all make Final Fantasy games thinking mine will be the most fun. So my advice is to just dive in and first put down on paper what you believe would be the most enjoyable Final Fantasy before thinking too hard about it. Then from there, you can decide things like, since 16 was real-time action, my Final Fantasy is going to have both real-time action and turn-based battles. Or you could go the other extreme and return it to its fully turn-based pixel art roots. That yes, would be great. Good. You that could. would be great. Um, yeah, bring it back to turn base now, because turn base. What's interesting is a lot of sites are now running the headline. Uh, Yoshi P says Final Fantasy 17 could go back to its pixel based roots. It's not. And if you listen to the way he phrased that, that's actually not at fucking all what he said. But that's that's another issue in this industry. It's a problem. Um. 
I, I, it would be cool, but I also kind of feel like the door is open for that to be expressed in other ways. And that would be direct sequels to things like Final Fantasy IV. Why not do a Final Fantasy V too after all these years? I think revisiting V's old job system, I mean, I'm basically explaining Bravely Default. But I think going back and exploring Final Fantasy V's job system all that would be like a lot of fun. Why not go back and revisit some of the old pixel-based games and make like, you know, a, a more direct sequel? Because um, they did do that with Final Fantasy IV, the after years, you know, before somebody corrects me on that. But um, I, th- I think it would be fun to see some of that. I think Final Fantasy XVII can be something new. I don't think it has to necessarily be retro 100%, but I do love the idea of going back to a turn-based game. I think a lot of people would be very happy. I would be on board because I haven't di- picked up the real-time direction. Recently. But also to Yoshi P's credit, I think it's... I think the fact that he would say, maybe it shouldn't be me, maybe it should be somebody younger, is a lot of the reason why a lot of people really like Yoshi P. I also don't think he should sell himself short. I think if he does want to do it, he should. But I, yes, I, as much of a fan as I am of his and what he's done for 14, and I, I mostly like 16. I had my issues with it, but it was certainly better than 15, and there was a lot more good than there was bad. And you know what? It gave the world Ben Starr. And isn't that enough? So <laughs> with with all that in mind... um. I, I I'm fine if somebody else takes on 17 or whatever, but I'm just, I'm glad. I, I hope Yoshi, I'm glad Yoshi P's on the voice of directors or the board of directors, because that's the voice we need in the room. I think. And that's, that's why I like him. Um, so he's a voice we need in the room as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, looking at some comments in chat, uh, dark Tetsuya says, I don't know, still waking, waiting for six, two. Yeah. I think a lot of people would love to see that someday. Uh, SGO and Hunter Matt says preach Rob Final Fantasy remake and reimagining would be nice. I, I feel like it's like a forgotten game. Um, you know, uh, let's see. Asiya Tabiri says, screw it. Make 17, a text-based MMO. And orange, right? Says 17 is a door ga- is a BBS door game. Essentially. <laughs> I'd love that. Um, you know what though? Orange, right? Brings up a good comparison though. Final Fantasy 17 going the Mega Man 9 route. So there is, the industry's done this before where what's old is new again, so it wouldn't be mm-hmm. complete. So I anyway, can see that. Yeah. Uh, Fifth Dream is saying he can't work on two MMOs, so he's got to let new people work on 17. If, if you are a pattern theorist, and what I mean by that is 11 was an MMO, 14 was an MMO, 17 numerically could be the next mmo could be um so we'll see i i i would not i would not be upset with another mmo but i actually i just i feel like it's going to be 18 not 17 because final fantasy 14 still hot and i think square enix doesn't totally want to cannibalize itself uh which yes i know final fantasy 11 fans you are have something to say about that but 11 is still existing which says a lot, to be honest. The fact that Final Fantasy XI still exists is actually fucking impressive. But I just, I feel like they're going to ride out the, the for, keep in mind, Final Fantasy XIV makes Square Enix a lot of money. When I say, I mean, a lot of money. They're not going to, that, that, they're going to keep that train going for a while. So I think maybe Final Fantasy XVIII, but not seventeen. All right. Uh, anyhow. Uh, let's move on. I guess, I guess maybe Dark Sakura, you can talk about another system that we could see Final Fantasy 17 on. 
<laughs> Possibly so, although I highly doubt it. Anyone remember the Atari 400? No. You know, well, you know, they had to, there was the 800, you know, and before that was the 400. And it was uh, an early Atari computer, had controller jacks in front, and one of those little, like, Odyssey 2 style keyboards on it, you know, that was all just a, a plastic panel over over switches. Um, well, there's an announcement now for the Atari 400 Mini. It's about half the size of the original, which did come out in 1978. Um, and it has uh, the... Uh, uh, updated version of the CX40 Atari joystick, and it will work uh, with USB. You can use other devices with it. Um, it has five USB ports. Um, you can use external keyboards and sideload games, and you name it. And an HDMI port, so you can hook it up to a TV or monitor. Um, it has uh, 25 titles already on it from the 8-bit era of Atari, I can word, Atari. And it has things like Berserk, Millipede, uh, Miter, uh, Minor uh, 24-Niner, Mule, Star Raiders 2, and it has save states and rewinds and all kinds of stuff. And this is by Retro Games. The same ones also did the mini Amiga 500 and Commodore 64. I was going to say, this thing very much fits the Commodore 64 mini template. That's not a bad thing. And, that, that thing was cute. and you can order it. It's set for release on March 28th for $119.99. Mm -hmm. um, there you go. SSJ100 Matt in chat says, I'm excited about this, and I already pre-ordered it. It's kind of an obscure Atari console compared to the others, but I'm all for it. The Atari 400 was the first console my family got before I was born. Still have my Atari 400 and it works. And I think I think there's going to be enough people in SSG 100 Matt's boat that like have the nostalgia thing that this is going to do well. It, and it looks like a cute device. I love that you can sideload and I love that the company, you know, they did this with the C64 Mini as well. And I love that they're not shying away from that. I think that's great. All right. Mm -hmm. Do you think you might get one? Dark Soccer or no, Atari 400 is not really your jam. Oh, uh, I linked it to Dan. It could happen. I mean, I don't need one. I'll be honest, but also lately I've been kind of focused in different eras. So fair enough. All right. Yeah. Well, back to the current era. Well, oh. also, oh yeah, I have like most of those games on damn near fifty thousand. I know other a lot of those games were multi-platform. I'm trying to think if any of those games you named were like exclusive to the Atari 400, and I really can't think of any. But that's again, that's the but like like Matt, that's the system some are going to remember. And I sit here a lot a, a lot and say, well, I remember the Commodore 64 version. I remember the Commodore 64 version because that's that's my house. But there's going to be other houses that were Atari houses. So yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, going going now to the current uh, Loki. Yes. Uh, so Suicide Squad, as you remember, it's been delayed to well this year. Um, because, well, it needed a lot of stuff reworked. And one of the things that came out thanks to a Rock Studio devs uh, kind of Q&A that they were doing on their Discord is some of the changes that they are making to the actual game uh, mechanics. One of those was a gear system uh, that had like a gear score for each item. So say you get a gun or whatever in the beginning of the game, you know, that gear score um, might be... 
less than another gun or something. And they wanted it to kind of less be about like looking at numbers and comparing one to one, like, Oh, well this one's higher. So I'm going to include, you know, in- equip this. They're trying to encourage play style, I guess, you know, whatever you want to equip based off of your play style, which is, sounds to me a little bit more like uh, how Borderlands does things, but it's still stats. I mean, like honestly, DPS and all that stuff, it's just looking at stats. Uh, so that's one of the things that they've been uh, tweaking with it. The other stuff, I have no idea. I'm not super excited about this game. <laughs> like, honestly, it doesn't look great. The, this game is not reading well. You know, And maybe the right yeah. trailer comes out, the right preview video that starts to change minds, and I'm going to hope for the developer's sake it, that's what happens. Yeah, but... it feels very Crackdown to me. Um, well, Crackdown 3... It feels very Crackdown 3, actually, to me, because Crackdown was... I loved Crackdown. That was a great game. I know. Game. Now that you said that, I'm like, Phil Spencer, we need to have a talk. Yeah, Crackdown 3, though, just missed the mark. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't as good as um, the other stuff. And yeah, that didn't stop him from trying to do another Saints Row game. Why should it stop Crackdown? That is, that, no, it shouldn't. And and it was just that they, they kind of tweaked some stuff that just didn't work out. So if they could do something, you know, it just feels... I think the problem with the new crackdown is it felt very generic. Like it felt like a very generic type of game. Um, whereas the first couple crackdowns felt kind of unique. This feels very generic. Like I, and I understand that like rock city's got, you know, they got the good characters with uh, DC and stuff. And I like suicide squad. I think it's, it's interesting. It's just, they're really genericizing the whole thing like even going back to how it was originally where it's like okay yeah you've got harley quinn and all these you know characters from the suicide squad and we're gonna give them guns and we're gonna totally strip out anything that has to do with those individual characters like they don't have unique weapons or gameplay styles or anything like that they're all gonna be the same they're just gonna be different skins and that that's what makes it feel so generic because when people want to play like a Batman game. They want to play it because it's you're playing as Batman doing Batman things, not Batman running around with, you know, a machine gun and gunning people down. Like that's just ridiculous. So I think that's what they missed the mark with. And I know that they're trying to walk back to that, but they already have the shell of a game that they've made. They're not going to drastically change up yeah. how that plays. No, you're and right that's that. it's just going to feel very generic. I just don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, SJ100 Matt is pointing out in chat over at twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. It's also the live service aspect that's kind of a big turn off as well. Stop. Yeah. Like, with the live service games, well, that's, like... You know, going back to the predictions, I think I think one the, the live service thing, I think one of these games turns to AI to try to fill it out, and I, I oh, think they get fucking blasted for it. Well, here's the thing. Like, um, you just, here's, you see there's, this car crash happening in slow motion. Right. Um, so one of the... Uh, remember we talked about game leaks and stuff like that um with uh insomniac games or whatever how their information leaked one of the things that leaked from that was a presentation that was uh, given showing um the number of players and time uh players spent on multiplayer versus single player games and apparently single player games have been uh players have been spending a lot more time in single player games than multiplayer overall. Mm. So that whole like, Oh, no one plays single player games anymore. Everyone needs to do live service things. 
not true. Mm-hmm. Just companies like it because they can make a ton of money off of it. That's a, that's it. I, I Baldur's Gate three, which yes, I realize is multiplayer, but for a lot of people, that game is single player. And I that game, that game should have a lot of companies evaluating a lot of shit right now, but it won't. Anyway. Well, you know what? Here's here's a story of a game that you know it's a it was a game that just kind of literally came out of nowhere and uh, it did pretty amazing things and now it's going to continue to do amazing things, which led to one of my predictions earlier. Um, Hi-Fi Rush, which of course came from Bethesda, which is part of an Xbox uh, studio at this point, it's coming to the Nintendo Switch. If you would believe video game rating leaks, which are pretty good barometer to be honest, mm-hmm. they oftentimes are true. Well, the uh, game was rated in Australia for the Nintendo Switch. It was classified as M because it has fantasy violence. We don't know when it is coming out, but I don't we have like an Xbox Direct coming up soon or whatever they call that? I and I don't I mean, I guess they could announce it in a Nintendo thing instead of a Microsoft thing. I could see it'd it be both. It would be both. Well, I, would, I, I could see a Switch the Direct. The next Nintendo thing ought to be about the next Switch. If it's not, I'm going to be very surprised. And I will start to buy in more to Loki's theory about a 2025 successor. Um, But uh, I I could see them announcing it at a Microsoft thing. We'll see. But that's still really cool. And, like, you know, Hi-Fi Rush was a super cute game. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that we're talking about that. By the way, it's interesting that we're talking about this about a year after that game came out. It's almost like they have an exclusive window with themselves for a year or something. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Questbuster says it's the 18th, thank you, and the new Indiana Jones game is supposed to be talked about during the Direct 2. So I wonder if we don't hear more about this on the 18th. I wonder if it isn't a stealth release like the original was. Maybe that's why it's leaking this way. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, uh, we're going to get into our next segment, but I'm going to set this up a little bit before I play the bumper because we need to explain the 2024 twist to this segment uh, for people that may have missed the original announcement uh, several weeks Mm -hmm. ago. So we do a segment here called the Classic Game of the Week, but once a month, Dark Sakura mixes up the formula and she does something a little different, like maybe a classic system or a classic peripheral or a soundtrack. So this year... Dark Sakura is mixing up the formula once again. So before we get to the bumper and the actual choice, can you can you set the stage, Dark Sakura? What is this year's theme? These are canceled games that were either almost all complete or mostly complete, or there are complete versions out there, but for some reason or another, they just didn't didn't come out. I think this is a fun uh, theme. I'm kind of surprised we didn't pick this one sooner, but um, it is what it is. All right. So with that, I I will uh, play the bump as I must, and we will get into the pick for this month. So, Jamie, take it away. Jamie. And now it's time to travel back to a simpler time, where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. All right, Dark Sakura, what did you pick this week? And I will warn the viewers at Twitch, because these are canceled games, don't expect all-star quality footage for all of them. I'm going to start off with that. Exactly. Yeah, it was what, what, I, could, what I could get. Yeah. So um, the game I chose is Capcom Fighting All-Stars. 
So it is a canceled 3D fighting game that was developed by Capcom for the arcade and the PlayStation 2. It would have uh, had uh, characters from all kinds of different uh, fighting games, including some SNK. And um, it would have uh, introduced some new characters. Um, So basically, I'll just go ahead a a little bit. Um, It was trying to translate some mechanics from some of the 2D games into 3D, kind of how Street Fighter EX was. Um, You had three life bars that would... Uh, you know, pause each time one was depleted, kind of like how Darkstalkers goes, you know, where you, uh, you know, have that, like, reset area. And you have a combo gauge that, um, that, like, if you're still on your first bar, you can only level it up to a lower tier, but, you know, the more beat up you are, the more damage you can do. Um, of course, you had finishing moves and whatnot. So the characters, it was uh, intended to have 16 playable characters, 11 from Capcom games, um, like uh, Final Fight and Street Fighter series, and four originals, and a guest character from King of Fighters. So the list was um, Akira from Rival Schools, um, Akuma or Goki from Street Fighter, Alex from Street Fighter, that's Street Fighter 3 series, uh, Batsu from Rival Schools, Charlie from Street Fighter Alpha, Chun-Li, um, we had uh, uh, also from Street Fighter. We had uh, Diu. We had from Final Fight. We had Hagar. Um, we had Dimitri from Darkstalkers um, and Kill from King of Fighters. There's also Poison from Final Fight and Strider Hiryu. And then the original characters were DD, Death, Luke, and Ingrid. And of those, only Ingrid survived this game's demise. Um, so basically, in the the story, there is a, a terrorist named Avel who also used death, who was trying to destroy Metro City with a small atomic bomb called the Laughing Sun, the Laughter Sun. And so uh, you had to go fight like these code holders, um, who. Uh, you would get the codes from just to, to stop the bomb. Um, and this was sort of what had begun as a third Capcom versus SNK. Um, but SNK canceled it because, well, it actually was canceled because of SNK facing bankruptcy. And so uh, 20 of their staff members went to go work for Capcom, including the director, um, Tanabi uh, Toyohisa. So at any rate, um, they repurposed some of those assets into a new project that they called Capcom Fighting All-Stars. And uh, they had, uh, uh, they were allowed to use uh, Kyo, you know, with permission and a special guest. Um, And so they had some location tests between 2002 and 2003. And a lot of people left really negative feedback on the game. Um, They developed it you know, a little bit more, and then the game was cancelled in August 20, uh, 2003. Sorry. There isn't much of the game out there until oh, 2017, when Capcom put out an interview with Tanabe on uh, the Street Fighter Five website, and he let out a little bit more information about it, and let out some uh, unpublished artwork and screenshots. So, um, this did, however evolve into a different game aptly named Capcom Fighting Evolution in 2004 
and it included Ingrid in its roster. And then Ingrid showed up in other games such as uh, Street Fighter Alpha 3 Max, Project X Zone 2, and uh, as a costume for uh, Karin in Street Fighter 5. Uh, Ingrid, Didi, and Luke also had cameos in uh, the uh, Rhythm RPG Auto Ranger um, that was in 2013. And so there's the game. So, yeah, there were playable versions out there people have gotten to play this game but i've seen no rom dumps no nothing about this this is one of those ones that's just lost in time but was pretty much playable yeah you can see these folks location testing at one of these uh youtubes here and uh it, it looks like it's a fairly done game i mean maybe the I mean, I have to remember it's of the era because i'm like well the backgrounds look a little plain but um you know it's of that era so um but it looks this like is, it would have been fun. Uh, yeah, this was like 2002, 2003 that was going through testing. So yeah. if you consider that. For sure. This is, I would reckon, around the time of Tekken Tag Tournament. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is a great way to start it off, this year's theme. And some folks in chat are like, oh, SG100 Matt says, I didn't know about this at all. Dark Tetsuya said, this was going to be CVS3. Disappointed gasp. Yeah, so some interesting... Yeah, this could have been cool. It's it, it's interesting how some, you know, and you kind of talked about how it did kind of evolve into something else. Like so, And, you know, when I think about canceled games in recent memory, I think about Blizzard's Titan project and how that ultimately <laughs> gave us Overwatch, right? So sometimes some yeah. very interesting ashes rise of, you know, these canceled games. So this this is fun. So. Well, yeah, and we actually, we had had this on our radar uh, to play because we we knew certain individuals that worked at Capcom at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it just it just didn't happen. But, I mean, the it's understandable with what happened with SNK. I, I would believe that um, uh, a Capcom versus SNK 3 would have turned out better than what was reported with this game this game had like there were a lot of complaints about how this went and i think it was a great concept and i'd love to see them revisit it because some of those other characters like dd looked pretty freaking cool yeah i don't like the bomb you know aspect to it i'd just rather people get in there and beat each other up for the shit of it (laughs) you know and maybe get whatever happened to just beating people up for fun (laughs) and and you know and ryu walking away going the fight is all (laughs) <laughs> you know so all right i am a little disappointed you know i would have liked to have seen what this could have been and have these characters come back you know although it would be cool if capcom would revisit some of the other fighting game series and just do like a complete all-star game that has every character from fighting games that they've made and beat em ups that they've made. So we have the full Dark Soccer's cast. We have the full Street Fighter cast. We have this game's cast. We just have, and we just call it Capcom All Out Fight. DJ Rama S. Hey, Capcom, hire me. DJ Rama S just ran streaking through the building, screaming at the top of his lungs, Rival Schools 3. That that should have, although like they'd be maybe they should call it uh, Shiri, uh, Shiritsu uh, Justice Daigakuen, which would be college. <laughs> Saved by the bell, the college years. Rival schools, the college years. <laughs> All right. Rival colleges. 
Rival universities. It's not just Auburn versus Alabama anymore. All right. Anyway. Let's cover some other quick headlines here before we get into whatever topic. If you want to talk more about Rival Schools 3, that's fine. We'll get to your topics in a little bit. But first, let's do some rapid fire news and quickly talk about some other headlines. Uh, Loki, we'll start with you. Yes, uh, the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller is going to be getting an update soon. Apparently, there's store listings uh, talking about a V2 version, uh, which is guests expected to have better battery life. Hmm. So that's cool. And it's going to cost, um, looks like $89.99. They have, it has like a, you can also get a charge station with click-in charging. Um According to Josh Hutcherson from um, Hunger Games and, of course, Five Nights at Freddy, uh, saying that the sequel is getting underway um, pretty quickly. They said, uh, you know, I know they're in the process right now of nailing down the story, and they want to get to it as soon as possible. Obviously, uh, folks are clamoring for a sequel, and I'm sure the studio is because it made tons of money. So, you know, fun times. Yep. All right. Dark Soccer, what do you have for us? So, um, we have, uh, we have, uh, some interesting news out there. Um, some more, uh, Toa Plan stuff. Cause you know, I like my Toa Plan. So, Batsugun, uh, Fix 8, Tiger Heli, and Vimana are coming to, uh, PC on February 1st with, uh, the Toa Plan Arcade Shoot 'em Up Collection Volume Three. I love Tiger Heli and, ba- and uh, Batsugun. Um, so yeah, it's going to be out on Steam and GOG. The Goggle is what I'm going to call it from now on because I'm cool and I can make up nicknames for things. It's an industry privilege. There you go. All right. Uh, let's see. I got one for you as well. Uh, talking a little bit about limited run games. I know some folks look forward to the things that they put out and these are some very interesting re-releases for switch. So we have the Felix, the cat collection, uh, which will have the NES and the game boy games. Remember when Felix, the cat was a game on the, uh, Felix the cat. <laughs> yep. wonderful, wonderful cat. Uh, when the, like what was the thing? Whenever he gets into a fix, he reaches into his bag of tricks. <laughs> something like that it's been a long time since yeah. i've seen it but there will be a standard edition and a classic edition that has the cd soundtrack and a poster and all this good stuff so um let's see uh also the rocket knight adventures re-sparked collection is coming as well so uh that will be coming Ooh, in a rocket standard knight. and classic edition uh which i think there's even like a super classic edition or something like that so uh, the pre-orders for Felix the Cat start on February 9th and will run for about a month until March 10th. And Rocket Knight Adventures opens in just a few days on January 19th and ends on March 3rd. So some uh, early limited run stuff to kick off the year. If that is not soon enough for you, let's travel around the world and check out some games that are coming out a little sooner in some world release dates. Yep. Uh, well, we don't have a lot coming out this week, but there are a few things. Uh, so starting off, we've got Dread Out 2 for Nintendo Switch. Uh, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown on PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Uh, we have Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs, The Thrilling Steamy Maze Kawami on PC, iOS, Android, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 5. Uh, another code, Recollection, on Nintendo Switch. And last but not least, 
The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered on PlayStation 5. All right. Uh, let's travel over to Japan and check out some of the releases that are coming out over there this week. Uh, as I, I guess the year is really starting to pick up now uh, with releases because Last of Us Part 2 Remastered is a pretty big one for some people. Um, also coming out in Japan is that Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, which, by the way, is getting some really good advanced reviews. Like I, It, it was kind of on my radar before. Now it's really on my radar because you know I love me a Metroidvania. Um, but that's also coming out in Japan the same day as it's coming out everywhere else. Uh, that's on the Nintendo Switch. Also, the Another Code Recollection is also out in Japan this week, uh, as is a lot of places. Uh, we also have some additional Amiibo coming out in Japan for those folks that look for that as well. A bunch of Xenoblade Chronicles related stuff. But I think, again, I think that's a pretty much worldwide time thing. Uh, so there is that. Uh, and then if we go over to the PlayStation 5, we have that same Prince of Persia Lost Crown is also coming out, but we also have Endless Dungeon in the Last Wish edition. That is a price reduction because that's, uh, that's down to a pretty cheap cost there. And Japan also gets The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered, as well as Ghost Runner 2 and Tuho Luna Nights in a regular and deluxe edition. Uh, I'm sorry, that's next week. My bad, that's next week. Uh, so I guess you just have to play Prince of Persia and Last of Us 2 until we get to next week's releases. How about the UK, Dark Saga? We have on the 18th for the, the big three consoles, we have Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. On the 19th for PlayStation, we have The Last of Us 2 uh, remastered. Um, for Switch, we have another code recollection. And that that's it. All right. It's nice to have release dates again. All right, we have a few more headlines for you, and then we're going to open it up for you guys if you either want to call or ask us questions in chat. We also have the uh, mailbag, although I sadly think it's another empty week, but uh, we'll look, look anyway. But first, a couple stories for you. We'll start with Loki. Uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, CES is going on this week, so, of course, we're going to see a lot of weird things out of CES. And one of those is a project... Uh, between Sony and Honda called Aphelia. It's a, um electric car that has the option to drive it via a DualSense controller. I would not feel safe doing that. Uh, other fun things along with that, though, is they also have an Unreal Engine AR uh, dash. Um, it's powered by Unreal. I, I, they have in the example like a monster running down the street as you're driving your car. That sounds distracting. Um, and then also there's a full dash that you can skin. It's like a big wide uh, screen that takes up the entire dash that has like heads up displays for different like games and stuff in there. Once again. Very distracting for drivers, as if it wasn't already a problem. I feel like, wasn't uh, there like a fucking YouTube where somebody modded their, I don't know, their fucking Tesla or something to run off a PlayStation controller for the lols, and now somebody thought that would make a good idea IRL? Like, Gran Turismo is not real life. Like, I know it's it's very realistic, but let's let's remember that racing games are not real life, and and well, they yeah. probably shouldn't and, be real life. And um, and I think I think a lot of that is once again, this is probably concept car, and concept cars don't necessarily end up like this, or even come out for that matter. Um, oh, so, like the self driving cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So. I I mean, just because it has like controller and support and stuff like that doesn't mean that like you'd be able to actually do that. And also 
doesn't mean it's actually ever going to come out. So we'll see. Yeah, there's we'll see a if lot- that ever happens. There's also like I feel like the C and the S in CES often stands for crazy shit because you see a lot of just wild stuff that's never going to come out. Or it's it's very conceptual, or it's the whole, like, we're doing this because we can. Like, who needs a 200-inch TV? We're doing it because we can. You know, or maybe it's, you know, getting installed at a Dave & Buster somewhere. It's not really for yeah, the misconception. There was some pretty cool. wild shit at CES sometimes. Yeah, there's some, like, yeah. pretty cool stuff. Like, they had, like, transparent displays and stuff like that that were really cool looking. Um, but also, yeah, there is a lot of weird stuff. I don't know if you saw, like, the whole AARP, or I don't even know who was a ai company that was doing stuff with aarp or target or something like that and they had like a virtual mario that they clearly didn't license and uh was like showing how an ai avatar can answer questions in like a retail setting or something like that unfortunately they got their wires crossed and ben Starr was doing the voice of this uh mario it's a me mario are you retiring soon that would have been deals uh, at denny's for uh, do, are you ready for the senior menu at Denny's? It would have been better than whatever like voice they ended up with, but yeah, <laughs> it, it's it, it's like stuff like that. Like it's like oh, that's just wrong, but okay, you know, we'll uh, we can do it, I guess. So we're gonna show it off. It's it's proofing concept. It's it's more about the concept, and what you think it's worth, versus what it actually is and the practical uses for it. Yeah. Uh, Rin Clarity is in chat. Hello, welcome back. It's good to see you. Uh, and offers this comment saying, hey. um, my opinion on car entertainment devices. Can I play music from my smartphone on it? Yes. Then that's good enough. No, exactly that. All I need, to, all I need is to be able to blast music from either DDR or the Wangan Midnight Maximum Tune soundtrack as I'm going a, a godly speed down the I-5. That's, <laughs> that's all I need. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So let's just hope this PlayStation driving car really goes nowhere. I don't. Yeah, I'm pretty certain that it's not like the only car that you could control with a controller. But like they had, they've seen a lot of the other ones I've seen have been remote controlled vehicles that children drive through the park with the giant antenna. That's that's what the PlayStation controller cars ought to be. I'm just like it. Well, first off, there's like. It's just, it's a bad idea in, in a lot of sense because like okay let's say I'm disabling my steering wheel to use my controller to drive my car. Bluetooth controllers get disconnected every once in a while for just no reason whatsoever. So that's not great. <laughs> like I'm driving down the freeway. Up oh, can't steer anymore. All right, that sucks. Well, you have one more story for us, right, Logie? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, there's a new handheld Sega Genesis system coming out from a Hyperkin, um, which looks kind of cool. I'm not really sure. It's like a extra fat Game Gear, which, I mean, the Game Gear is already pretty fat as it was. Um, so this is the Mega Retron HD, uh, or they, that Mega Retron HD is their, their popular thing. Uh, right now, this is going to be called the Mega 95. And uh, the system is going to, uh, of course, like a Retron, plays a lot of different things. Um, so this one, they, they have a USB-C dock that allows you to charge it as well. Uh, Mega Drive controller ports and also outports to uh, HDMI in case you want to play on your TV. 
Uh, they haven't announced a price or release date for that. Um, and then there's also, um, let's see here. Uh, they, they also had the other yeah, previous Retron uh, HD, which has Mega Drive support on it already. So this, I guess, would be like a portable system for them. Um, cool. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I don't think the Hyperkin stuff's been all that super great. It's it's an okay emulation, I guess, of it. Yeah, and I, I feel like, obviously, these retro devices are, like, everywhere now at this point, so... And I feel well, like this one actually takes cartridges, though, yeah. which is kind of unique, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. But it's emulation, you know. Yeah, it basically is emulation. Yeah, which yeah. is what the Retron has pretty much always been. It's like you're just dumping the card into an emulator right there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ring Clarity in chat says, I had the Hyperkin NES F- Famicom clone. And I didn't like it too much. The main unit is bulky and the controllers aren't well built. Mm hmm. All right. Well, that was all of the slotted stories we had for tonight. So I do want to open it up to our listeners. If you have anything you'd like to ask us about or have us talk about tonight, we can do that. You can also call in if you want over at Discord, vognetwork.com. That's vognetwork.com slash Discord and hop in the green room. And uh, as long as I recognize you as somebody that's participated with the show in some element, uh, we'll bring you on. I just you know, want to avoid trolls. Uh, we also mm-hmm. like to check in with our mailbag. Participate at orangelaundry.com if you want to send us an email. Dark Sakura, did we get anything? I honestly forgot to pull it up. <laughs> I, I don't think anything was in there. I think I looked a couple days ago and I haven't seen anything come in since. So, um, yeah, I'll I, give it a look. Hold on. Yeah, I, I know we missed one a couple weeks ago, so I hate to miss it again. But I, I'm pretty sure it was empty. Um, it was empty last week. Yeah. So. All right. I'm looking. I'm trying to get it to load up. Well, while Dark Soccer Cause... fires that up, let me check in with Loki to see if there's any last minute stories. Or... I have so I many last list. minute stories. Do you it's really? just like it's it's been yeah, it's like that. So uh, let's start off with the the first announcement that was surprising yet not surprising because the numbers from this game have been dwindling ever since the launch week, and that was. Um, Microsoft Mojang, um, I can't remember the studio that actually works on this game, but yeah. they are nothing by the way. Okay, they are no longer developing um, Minecraft Legends anymore. They're basically canceling. Well, that didn't that. take they, long. They, Jesus, the, nine months. Nine. It didn't even last a whole year. Um, they've so they've stopped development for that game. They're going to be continuing in maintenance mode, and that's it. No more updates. No nothing. Um, Outside of you know bug fixes or whatever patches they have to do for that, so there's that. Then you have Billy Mitchell settling um, his lawsuit with, uh, I believe it was um, Twin Galaxies. So that's been going on for a while, um, it's four years apparently. So there is a lot of evidence against him. So I mean. I just, I, I, I just don't I, fucking care anymore. Yeah. Like, can't the world move on beyond Billy Mitchell and I think his weave? We, like, just yeah. let's move on. But thank, huh. thank you for bringing it up. I'm not blaming you. I realize it's the greater gaming community. You, YouTube commentators have a huge boner to make 70 minute videos, just destroying him. But I'm just like, can't we as society move on from a 60 year old man who wears synthetic hair like can't can't we move on from that yeah um 
And then I saw something that there was uh, originally speculation that GameShark was leaking out a uh, a release date for the Nintendo Switch 2. Oh, uh, I which, did hear which, about this. Which they said, which they were basically said, oh, no, we were just guessing what the date was going to be. Um, for me, the bigger news is GameShark's still around. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's still a thing. <laughs> Uh, apparently they have a a, a game shark ai successor they, I, oh, I have Jesus no idea Christ. never what, mind what Get i have fucked, no idea what this <laughs> what this is but like i was just like wow that's still in, a thing in all seriousness this thing is just called the game shark ai because that's the cool tra- it literally has no ai in it i i'm just guessing i'm hypothetically uh, ai stands for we're going all in on a uh, on buzzwords all in um, you know, yeah, I, I, here's the thing. Game shark. It probably like, I'm, I'm actually willing to believe it was probably just placeholder text because sometimes placeholder text accidentally gets made live. And I'm actually willing to believe mm-hmm. it because what I'm not willing to believe is that some like Nintendo had a meeting with a company they've never liked to tell them when the successor to the switch was coming out. No, that would never happen. <laughs> it's just, it would be sharing them any information whatsoever. And if it does but, get announced for September, then it was a lucky fucking guess. But I, I, I don't, I don't. A September console. That's what release. our AI told us. So you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still all about the Switch successor coming out like summer, like just doing doing a non some non standard shit. Why not? But we'll see. Sure. I, I really hope in the next, like, month, I, I, I want to stop, like, talking about the Switch successor and hypotheticals. I'm getting really sick of it. So, like, in the next month, I really hope Nintendo pulls back the curtain on this a little bit. But wishful thinking ain't going to make it true. I know. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, see it to Beery in chat says, Game Shark made a wish on Game Genie to last forever. <laughs> Tiger Claw points out if Game Shark is around, maybe they are useful for those retro consoles. Some of I want to say, didn't one of the retrons have like either Game Genie or Game Shark? One of those codes were like built yeah, into it. Yeah, because yeah. it's basically those codes represented certain hex um, values, like in memory. So, like, that's just it's a standardized format, basically. So, yeah, you could, in a sense, program in. Uh, your own cheat codes in there and save it into a library. That was, that was like one of my most favorite things to do with MAME is download like the cheats file that you can, you know, basically have Game Shark type codes, or Game Genie type codes in all these different arcade games. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, in chat, I'm looking at a comment that came in from Orange Right that said, considering the original Switch came out in March, they don't have to wait until winter or even fall. And no, that's absolutely true, but I keep thinking that's way too soon. And I'm actually trying to remember, when did they actually announce the original Switch, which released worldwide on March 3rd? And I'm trying to remember, what day did they announce it? Um, looking quickly... Let's see. Um, Oh, Nintendo revealed technical details of the Switch, including the launch date and price, at a press event in Tokyo on January 13th, 2017. So we are past that day. 
but I'm going, I'm going back in time. Everybody get in the time, get in the time machine. We're going shopping. Um, January 13th was a Friday, but it was the Friday before Martin Luther King weekend Mm -hmm. in 2017. So I would say we're a little bit past that point at this point. And again, it's not to say it has to follow the template date for date from the switch, but I would think from the, for an early March release, we're past the time now for that an announcement should have happened for a spring break release, or maybe an April release, a 420 release, if you will, uh, maybe in the next few weeks, who knows? Well, let's, let's think about this. Like what do we like, cause they've been pretty good about keeping their releases pretty secret for the most part. Like we don't really know a lot of games like far out that are going to be coming anytime soon. Like with Nintendo, they don't really announce that stuff right away. Um, I don't think I know anything that's coming from Nintendo this year. Uh, the Princess Peach game, I think, was their last. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. The, the Peach. But that's, um, yeah, that's that's a February or March game, and then I think it drops off. But no, you're you are very good at like when you start to see the Switch calendar dry up is when a Switch Two ought to be happening because Nintendo has been pretty good that they learn yeah. their mistake from the Wii U and they put out at least one big game, even if they're having to rely on like second or third party, I would say like Pokemon is kind of in that, you know, or even a huge third party release. They're making sure there is one big game every month. And so when that switch, when that switch calendar starts to dry up of which, what I think the princess peach is the last big game we officially know about, I think. Yeah, and SSG 100 Matt says, I think they pushed that new Metroid Prime game for this new thing as the release game. I I actually, I'm going to say it's not a release game. I'm going to think it it's it's the holiday game because it doesn't release at the holidays. So I think it's it's pretty soon, but it's not the release game. Um, I think a big part of the release, quite honestly, I think they're going to try to move with early adopters just based on the existing Switch library. I think one of the most attractive things about the Switch successor, they're going to come out and they're going to say, Pokemon Gen 9 runs runs acceptably on it. <laughs> they won't use those words, um, but that will be the impression. Pokemon Gen 9 runs decently on it. That's pathetic if that's the case. Like, oh yeah, we developed it with another system in mind. It's like, yeah, they didn't come well, there, out until years I, there later. There will be like, a Mario. There will be uh something, but I the the real the real bread and butter game for the Switch Two, the real game Mario Kart Nine will be the real. Or if rumors are to be believed, it, they're they're doing the Windows thing and going to Mario Kart Ten. I don't remember why that rumor was going around. It was something to do with like Mario Kart X or something. But um, whatever Mario Kart's future is, that's. The fucking game. I mean, that they want for that system. Technically, if you want to get super technical, technically it would be the tenth game because you're right. You're right. The That's iOS nine, or the, the nine mobile the game. game. Yeah, World Circuit was yeah. nine. Yeah. So, which is stupid though, but like, yeah. Well, yeah. Which pretty much that whole game's just been ported as tracks into eight deluxe. Which whatever, fine. So whatever. I, I mean. A new Mario Kart game would be cool. I don't I don't see them necessarily doing the same game plan as the Switch one, because that's what they did with Switch, is they, they ported 8 from the Wii U and had that. I, I could see them... They're, 
D- no, th- no, this no. this is not even a prediction. This is like like I w- I would go so far as to root this in fact. There will be a Mario Kart successor game on the Switch successor sooner rather than later because that is the fucking money printer. Like <laughs> Mario Kart Eight is still a top seller to this day. They would be fools not to release a Mario Kart Ten or even and if nothing else, they're gonna they're gonna rehash Mario Kart Eight one more time. Watch, they're going to put out, and it'll be a launch title for the Switch, Switch successor. It'll be Mario Kart 8, 8, two, eight, 8, everything, the whole fucking pack with everything they've released, all the DLC stuff, everything in one cartridge. And that'll be the swan song for 8 to hold us over for about a year until Mario Kart 10 it'll be actually a, happens. It'll be another, what their launch game will be, the big launch title is going to be another Wii remaster game. It'll be, uh, Super Mario Galaxy HD, something like that. Uh, I I would like to. I I think an Odyssey sequel makes so much sense, and I hope that's I would the, love I to see an Odyssey. I hope that's what it game. is. I would love to see a Mario Odyssey sequel as the launch game. That 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 it should have Hatchers. It. it should have Hatchers in it as a mini game. <laughs> That'd be fun. Oh, I I did want to mention as a yeah. random aside thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I mentioned it when we were talking about why I have Clockwork Knight in the background. There was a cheat code that was unveiled that apparently the first Clockwork Knight game was hiding in the second Clockwork Knight game. Oh, you can play the full game, huh? What's up with all these old ass cheat codes coming to light? Because we had the one about the alien PlayStation game that just like fucking unlocks your hardware, unlocks the fucking hardware to play anything. <laughs> Like just coming to light year twenty plus years later, I love it. I love it. So, uh, DJ Rama S, of course, hoping that maybe things go the GameCube route and the launch game is a Luigi game. Saying no Mario Odyssey, give Luigi his own game. I'm fine with that. I, I'm totally fine with that. But however they do it, give us a, a Mario. You know, because Luigi really wasn't in. Mar- I'm surprised they never did Luigi as like more DLC or something. But anyway. Yeah, the, the best that they've done recently with Luigi, aside from Luigi's Mansion games, is the new Luigi U. He had his game for a while. Yeah, or, well, I mean, he's also in that, you know, uh, Super Mario Wonder. He's he's, yeah, he's still yeah. Mario's brother in that game. So, anyway. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go around and wrap up for tonight. Thank you all so much for being here and participating with our show tonight. Thank you for listening to Orange Lounge Radio. If you enjoyed what you heard here, tell a friend or two about the show. Help us spread the word because we are the show where every gamer has a voice, but we always need more voices to put out here on air. So um, tell a friend or two. Tell them to subscribe to us on Twitch at Vogue Network or follow. I, get, I always get my terms. There's a follow at Vogue Network. I mean, you can subscribe if you want, but we really want the follows at Vogue Network. And uh, also uh, a nice five-star review on a site like iTunes spotify wherever it is you found this podcast goes an awful long way and we appreciate it um let's go around and get the final thoughts dark sakura uh i'm i know you're doing your dead by daylight stuff uh here shortly so um why don't you start us off with your final thought um my final thought is fact check before you repost i will i will do my best all right uh thank you dark sakura have a good stream we'll see you in a minute all right. Loki, All right, we'll, we'll go to you with your final thought. What's your final thought tonight? I have to get to some editing. I'm like, I uh, realize I've been, uh, I haven't released a, a video in like 24 days. Yeah, it so has, it has been a hot minute. 
Yeah, I've, I've just been putting off editing, I think. Uh, I also had lot, lots of big projects, so I've got pretty much this next video. It's almost ready to go. I, it's already mostly edited. I just have to put in the last, like, 30 minutes into it. Um, so we'll do that. And then I have a big build coming on the Fever Dream SMP, so all the materials are pretty much gathered on, on that, and so that's going to be coming. That'll... Um, it'll be a different type of video because it's satirizing um, the younger generation like type of editing where it's just like, hey guys, what's up? It's your boy, you know, like that type of annoying stuff because the whole thing's supposed to take place in a nightmare for my character or me <laughs> or whatever. So it's like, watch it's, it be it's, your it's, most viewed video. <laughs> I know it's. It does feature a very popular meme. In fact, actually, the build uh theme on that on this um SMP is memes. So it has I have a seventy five thousand block build I'm doing and then another smaller twenty five thousand block build I'm doing um both regarding giant uh memes and then um supposed to have like other stuff I build around it but that's what's planned so far. So yeah. All right. Uh, let's see my final thought tonight. Um, my new favorite thing to do on Facebook is when I get those fucking clickbait headlines that are, that are, that are advertisements, I will, I will buy, I will fall for it and click the article and then I will post a summary, uh, in two sentences and do say hashtag save you a click. And I can't tell you how many likes I've gotten on posts from local newspaper and stuff from just saying, saved you a click about things that I'm getting advertised that don't even happen in this town that are in the local newspaper. Anyway, I'm, I'm declaring war on clickbait headlines this year. Click here to find out why that's it. Uh, we'll see you next week. We're going to do this all again in seven more days. Thank you so much. Happy gaming. Have a good one. And, uh, that's it. Have a great night, everybody. Oh, don't forget about awesome games done quick. Also later tonight, Bobby Blackwolf is uh, hosting and also later this week, but you know what? Don't I'm I'm gonna say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna say it to his face. Don't listen for Bobby Blackwolf. <laughs> Don't watch for Bobby Black. Watch for the awesome speedrunners and to help raise money for charity. And I think even Bobby would agree with that. So thank you for uh, a wonderful uh, night, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. To join us for our live show. Tune in to VogNetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vogue Network, but you know they were all still true.